Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. I'm very excited to have fellow Sarcast and health coach Carolyn Cohen on the show today. She's the host of Wellness While Walking podcast. Carolyn rambles in your ear about health and life while you amble down the trail or sidewalk. That's her tagline, by the way. Uh, I've listened to many of Carolyn's episodes while walking aimlessly around my neighborhood, and it's kind of like multitasking, walking, learning. It's very productive. So please give a warm, sarcastic welcome to Carolyn Cohen. No, that was me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can totally applaud and woohoo for yourself. That's what we do around here. We're all narcissists in this world of podcasting. Uh, no, I'm very honored to be here and really especially honored to be called a sarcast. Well, of course, your humor is much drier than mine. So I, I don't think that's I possible. bow to you. <laughs> you are so dry. I'll uh, never forget. Oh, my gosh. I just remember just cracking up at you and your ability to keep a straight face while just slinging these things during just the funniest situation. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I revere you. Well, it's mutual. We'll revere each other. Awesome. So before we get into the juicy topic of today's show, um, I want to ask you a few personal questions. Just kidding. Not personal. Um, we don't get personal here on women who sarcast. Uh, how long have you been a health coach? I've been a health coach for 10 years, which just flew by. Yeah. And since I've become a health coach, things are really changing. So it's become well known, much more well known, um, and also a little bit more appreciated, which is always nice. um, In that uh, insurance companies are starting to consider reimbursing people who see a health coach. So that isn't happening yet. Um, but it's in the works. And so it's really exciting because the work we do, I think is pretty valuable. It's hard to, if you're tackling some sort of behavior change, you know, and you see your doctor for what, like seven minutes, it's really hard to make any progress. Um, so a health coach kind of picks up where the doctor leaves off and walks by someone's side, so to speak, while they make the the changes that they want to make or that the doctor is telling them to make. So it's exciting. So I'm really excited to, uh, to have been doing it for a while and um, and the future looks good. So do you think the insurance company is doing that as like a cover your ass kind of thing? Uh, I think are it's they more actually like, preventative for the patient's benefit? I feel like oh, insurance yes. companies are doing it more for, you know. Oh, they're so benevolent. I just, you know, I just, <laughs> uh, they just don't care about Wall Street or any earnings. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, I think they're doing it for cost savings measures because we don't, we're not so expensive as the doctors. So yeah, so it's, it's, it serves them well, but it also happens, I think, to serve patients. Well, at least in the cockamamie health system we've set up where we do see our doctors for 7.7 minutes of visit or whatever it is. So I think, you know, it's a, at this point with what we're working with, it's probably a a good solution for most of us, patient, health coach, insurance company. So what steered you in that direction of being a health coach? So growing up, I had this health nutty mother, 
and um, that kind of stunk. So she was very restrictive. And the reason she was, was because all the men in my father's family had died in their 50s of heart attacks. So she was pretty hell bent on keeping him alive. And I was kind of like collateral damage. So I got like sucked into this incredible regimen of not fun kid food, you know, while all my you know, 70s friends were eating their yodels and their ding-dongs and their <laughs> hunt snack packs. And I had like, seriously, like raisins that I threw away on the, like on the, they weren't even like raisins in a cool little red pack. They were like raisins in a baggie. And like, I threw them in the, in the woods on the way to the bus stop. And nice. I- <laughs> so mom, if you're out there listening. Yeah. So we, um, so I, you know, I kind of got, uh, I would say caught up in that whole thing where I didn't, I thought it was a little bit extreme. And so I sort of rebelled. And the first chance I got, I would go, uh, I would get to go to religious school in town. And like the highlight was that I'd take my money and that of my sister and buy the biggest freaking candy bar we could find, not like the best one. So I would normally get like Charleston shoes and marathon oh bars because they were just so, so, so they were so big. They're so good. And uh, yeah, although I think I would have liked other things better, but I was just going for a size at that point. So I definitely um, thought my mom had gone overboard. And so then I, you know, rebelled and then that sort of backfired on me. And I had like, you know, a bunch of stressful jobs and fairly stressful lifestyle. And I started to not feel good. And I started to do a little reading about it and some research. And I started changing things up. I had kind of talked myself into the fact that like, yeah, we're all fine. Like, look, not everyone had my mother's, you know, um, regimen going and everyone who ate like those Swanson dinners and all the processed food, you know, they're, they're all fine. But then I started to realize like they actually weren't fine Mm -hmm. and I wasn't so fine either, even though I had had a good start, you know, for the first 10 or 12 years that my mother could control what I did. And then, um, so I started reading and I started realizing that, you know what, like, how we treat our bodies, it, it does matter for our health. And I felt better in many ways pretty quickly. And then I just, I just, you know, I was really interested in it. So I kept reading and reading, learning, taking classes and so on. And then I just decided to, you know, make it more formal and become certified. And so I could, you know, help other people, um, which has been really, really rewarding. So that's great. So the moral of the story is your mother's always right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just found an article that she wrote for the local paper. I give her a lot of credit. She went, she really went out of, on a limb and she, and like almost everything she said was actually right. They got, you know, they got fat wrong back then. So, but she really, she hit the nail on the head. It was pretty, pretty cool. So what's the first thing they teach you in health coach school? You know, the program I went to initially, and it's funny because I'm doing another program now, um, because to be part of that um, health insurance reimbursement thing, you have to be nationally board certified. So I need to do a little bit more work because since 10 years ago, they've sort of standardized the programs a little bit. And so I needed to fill in some gaps. And so I'm doing that now. Um, But back in 10 years ago, the program I did, it was really, um, you know, it was really about individuality and that we're all different and what works for someone doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. And even really the most basic of, of advice that you might get, well, it could work for almost everybody. It doesn't work exactly for everybody. And so there was a real emphasis on that, which I appreciated. And because of that, we learned about a lot of different 
theories and approaches, like a guy who, who, you know, is a doctor and very famous, written a lot of books about veganism in the afternoon, you might have somebody who embraces, you know, like fat and meat. And so like, they would just be totally contradictory. Hmm. And so you'd have to really kind of explore for yourself and see, you know, what, not just what you, you know, spark to, but also keeping all those things in mind so that when you work with people who come to you with, you know, different needs, different backgrounds, different biologies, different, you know, worldviews that you can help everybody. So there isn't one thing that everybody can do or eat? Well, I'm not going to say that, but, (laughs) you know, like even, okay, so, you know, at Wellness While Walking, we just did a greens challenge, but there are people who really can't eat a lot of greens or they have to eat greens prepared in a certain way. But there are people who really, you know, they have a medical condition, they shouldn't eat greens. So even though like that's, you know, for for 99.9% of us, that is a key food group and we could eat way more of it and benefit, you know, for some people it's not the right thing. So I mean, grapefruit, not everybody can have grapefruit uh -uh. because then it messes up the medications that you're on. Exactly. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And then, you know, just if, if somebody's coming in and they want to be a vegetarian or vegan, like who's going to, you know, even if you think that meat is key, like you're not going to, I don't think you're going to go down that path, you know, <laughs> like you're going to work with what they bring to you. Right. So today we're going to talk about some crazy ass wellness trends that have been going on in recent years. <clears throat> Gwyneth Paltrow. And some of these <laughs> I've heard of and some I wish I hadn't heard of. What's one crazy trend a client came to you. I can't really think of anybody who's done anything completely wackadoodle. I mean, I will tell you there are, you know, as as you know, um, there are a lot of different approaches that sound crazy. And I think that one thing, you know, I, I have to check myself on is to make sure that I am being open-minded. For example, like, do you know there's a thing called um, fecal transplants? No, I, I'm trying to think. I actually may have heard that like on a radio station once a long time ago, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, no, nobody should be doing this on their own. But basically, it's like taking the the excrement of somebody who's deemed healthy and and putting it into somebody who's not. I think that the point is that like there are some pretty unusual things that are well-founded. And so it's really important to try to keep an open mind, um, you know, as long as it's, well, I think you should run everything by your physician and, you know, make sure it works for you for health, from a health standpoint. But I do think there's, there's a certain importance for keeping an open mind about these things. Uh, so just as a reminder, neither of us are doctors, health gurus are crazy enough to work in the healthcare profession, but I do want to give kudos out to the first responders and frontliners right now because they are uh, heroes in their own right. Uh, we don't promote any of the crazy trends we're about to talk about and make fun of, so please consult your doctor, tarot cards, or crystals before attempting any of these <laughs> insane trends. Uh, okay. So that now, is what I say to my patients too. That's what I thought. <laughs> so now that we got the legalese out of the way, I should have said it really fast like they do after the auto commercial. I know. I should have yeah. done that. I should have practiced that. Um, or like the drug ones, like. Right. The side effects that they don't want you to know yeah, about. So they say exactly. it like when two seconds. 
or I love this, like, cancer has happened. It's like, yes, I know that <laughs> cancer has happened. It's like, are, are you saying, like, are you connecting the two? You're just making a general statement. Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. All right. So I looked up some crazy trends. And, you know, most of these are probably all the celebrities' fault. At least one in particular. But we'll get to that. Uh, so the first one that I saw was cow cuddling. So there's a farm in upstate New York, probably where I grew up, who knows, uh, <laughs> that offers 90-minute therapy sessions with cows because supposedly their higher body temperatures can help people feel warmer, calmer, and more relaxed. <laughs> so, you know, if you're driving along the road one day and you see a cow on the side of the road, just park, get out, and want to just cuddle it for a few minutes, see what happens. But that is definitely um, my first inclination. Yeah, go over and give it a hug. <laughs> the, Just make sure there's electric no bull around. Thing, yeah, <laughs> or electric fence. barbed wire, or whatever. That's warm too. So yeah, I mean, I love cows. Uh, I didn't wear my cow sweatshirt to this conversation, but I have one. Um, I think probably for most of us, we can get the same effect from our pets, you know, without maybe finding out we're allergic to hay or whatever. Right. I mean, goat yoga is one thing. Yes. But even that, that that was cute for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I did have actually for Mother's Day, my millennials got me um, a goat experience. So that entail. Yeah, that was um, because it was virtual, you know, COVID and all. um, I, I logged on and I got an hour tour with rescue goats. And yeah, they were very cute and playful. So that was cool. But I think like, you know, if you if you know a cow and and you have access to a cow, give it a try if you're so inclined. But um, for the rest of us, I think there are other uh, easier solutions to getting the same thing. I mean, you know, people's pets do help them in many ways, you know, including like lowering blood pressure and raising oxytocin, which is like the bonding hormone, which comes with a lot of benefits for the body so mm. i think they're probably easier ways but i'm i don't think it's you know unless unless you're going to get hurt by the cow i don't think it's dangerous but i also don't think we have to hold out on our wellness journeys till we you know come into contact with the cow <laughs> well it's just like the cow tipping and the snipe hunting that we did back in the day right uh not me i heard about it <laughs> i didn't either no. i just heard okay. about it <laughs> So, I mean, I'm pro-cow. Totally. So. We're all for the cows out there. So celery juice is another trend that many of my friends actually did. Mm. Did they feel so much better? Um, I don't know. Their moods didn't really change towards mm. me. So <laughs> maybe that's an indication that it didn't really work. <laughs> I don't now know. I'm really curious what was um, the before. It looked good on Instagram. Yeah. They, they are pretty color. So what is up with the celery juice? Well, it, it came from Anthony William. Have you heard of him? No. He, mm-hmm. His nickname is the medical medium. And he actually, I mean, you know, I'm not super woo. But um, even this medical medium guy has actually a background in like science. So I still haven't seen any evidence. And I'm, I'm a kind of fan of like fact-based advice and so um you know i think it probably can't hurt at least to a certain degree 
and celery and thus celery juice have good levels of things like vitamin C and vitamin K and other nutrients. But I don't know. I mean, chewing celery is probably also adds some benefit to me in terms of there's the there's more fiber and mm. the fiber helps protect the, I mean, you don't think of, sh- of celery as super sweet and it isn't really, but even, you know, like a glass of celery juice does have sugar in it. And if you ate the same amount of celery, you wouldn't get that sugar hit because um, you'd have the fiber there sort of protecting the sugar and, and releasing it over time. You know, that said, a lot of these things kind of fall under the um, kind of the, umbrella of placebo effect. So, I mean, if you're doing it and you're putting, you know, love and self-care into that juicer every morning and, you know, and you like it and it slows you down and maybe you're mindful and, you know, it it could be helping you. I don't think it's really harmful, Mm -hmm. but I also know there have been like incredible shortages of celery, especially... And so all the juicers were like going from store to store and trying to find their organic oh, celery yeah. and they couldn't. So, you know, that probably undid a fair amount of the benefit just from all that stress and so on. But I don't think it's terrible, but I also don't think it's been proven to, you know, have any special effect. Right. So it's those people that bought like a $500 juicer and they're like, shit, I got to use this thing. I got to get my money's worth out of this juicer. So they're like, you know, juicing everything. Exactly. And I don't know if celery is easier to digest drinking than eating, but, or if it tastes better. So are you not a fan? I'm not a fan of juicing, period. Mm. But celery? Celery's okay once in a while. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah. I got to kick off your day every day. I mean, day it gives it. me the crunch that I need, but it doesn't really give me the flavor that I mm-hmm. want, the crunch. Yeah. So there'll, there'll be times where I'll get just the hearts, like the hearts I like. Mm-hmm. And I'll eat those, but it's just not very satisfying to me. No, it's a good vehicle for hummus. Okay, so this is one that your best friend, Mm -hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow. Love her. The jade eggs. Up your (laughs) vajayjay. So what are they made of again? Jade, apparently. Oh, I remember that whole thing. From her goop brand mm-hmm. and it is supposedly supposed to increase the vaginal muscle tone and hormonal balance mm-hmm. and the feminine energy in general check yeah well i have to thank Gwyneth actually because like a lot of what i'm doing with the podcast has to do with her website because i just think it turns people focus away from the simple and basic things that we can do to the expensive and out there things. And I just find that it just makes it harder for people because they're expecting to have everything look like that, or they're expecting to, to, I just think it's too high a a bar for many of us who aren't going to spend all our resources in pursuit of this. So you know, I, I do thank her for that because I think it's just so extreme that it makes it easy to be like, okay, let's just walk a little and maybe switch yeah. to you know some Whole Foods and we're good. Right. But I think these celebrities think they can just get away with anything, especially mm-hmm. if they have an, a company that mm-hmm. they have of their own, whether it's skincare or a perfume line or clothesline. People see their name on a product and they're like, oh, this must be great. And it's, right. you know, it's not. It's not any better than 
the CBS yeah. brand right next to it, actually. I know. I'm surprised people don't feel more responsible in that way. Like there have been some some celebrity band, brands I'm aware of that have not lived up to, you know, either the ingredients that they say are in there or whatever. And I would think that you would really make sure if your name's on it, your name, you know, carries weight and is important that you would really be on top of it. But anyway, unfortunately, it's not always the case. No, because I think it seems like they have their people that, that do the work for them. Mm-hmm. They have the branding, they have the scientific quote unquote people yep. signing yeah, right. off on whatever needs to be signed off for it to be classified as such. Yep. Then that's when you get sued. Yes. <laughs> and have to pay in damages like Gwyneth did. Yes. So there were there was a lawsuit over this one and she did have to pay some damages. I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't eat into her lifestyle too much. And I think they could keep selling the things, but they couldn't make any health claims about them. Right. Um, so just like about this specific, you know, the goal of this specific product, I think there are reasons to strengthen muscles, but there are also physical therapists who specialize in this, and I would definitely leave that work to them. So one thing that people don't seem to like, and me included, is the word or the phrase clean eating. I didn't know you didn't like it. Yeah, I don't really like phrases like that because mm-hmm. it's like, well, define clean. Mm-hmm. And clean is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, clean to one person could be that they don't go to McDonald's. And clean to another person could be, well, I just eat, you know, fruits and grains and organic and... Even if you eat clean, are you really eating healthy? Yeah. I I mean, again, like you said, I don't really know what people mean. I always think that that phrase sounds a little judgy. And then I feel like, oh, no, but then I'm being judgy for thinking that people who say that sound (laughs) judgy. So it becomes um, circular. Um, But I don't love it either. And I don't, it just sounds judgy. I'm sorry. It just does. And I don't like it. And like you said, it's not super specific and then it just sounds like clean and dirty like what's the other what's the other alternative I don't so it it's not something I say in fact I've I've drawn a cartoon a couple of times which like shows two um grave gravestones and one says she was a clean eater and then the other one says um she minded her health because she wanted to live the best life or she and then she lived the best life she ever you know could have imagined that kind of thing it's like Are you so proud of yourself for being a clean eater? You know what I mean? I don't know. Just right. Put Six feet sound. under. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> I was. Um, so I don't know. I don't love that phrase either. I think it's like a little bit easier to wrap my head around like, you know, I eat mostly whole foods. I don't know. That just right. I mean, if you need to, dis- if you need to explain what you're eating, <laughs> yeah, exactly. then that's where the problem lies, really. You need to reevaluate not- why you need to explain what you're eating oh to everybody. God, no kidding. Yeah, it's not a, it's not on a big big hat that I wear around cuz nobody cares really. <laughs> exactly. Another th- product that I would sell a lot at the grocery store is apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. And that trend has not died. Mm. So I think for, for you know for the people who care about it they call it ACV. So apple cider vinegar, I mean I think it has been shown to moderate blood sugar a little bit. I know it's not good for certain people, like if you have kidney disease, for example. I also think, if I remember correctly, it, it can harm your tooth enamel because it's pretty oh. acidic. 
and it can cause reflux. So and I think people, you know, the trend at least at one point was to take a shot of it, which is like, uh, I think what the study that has been done checked, um, if you drank two tablespoons full, it reduced your appetite. Yeah, I mean, if I if I took a shot of yeah, because you're like <laughs> nauseous and you don't yeah, want to eat. Exactly, it's disgusting. So, like, you know, I don't know. I would if if I had a client and they wanted to get nauseous in order to not eat, I guess I could just recommend they watch like the TV news that they hate, you know, and then, like <laughs> that also makes me lose my appetite. You know, I, I'm interested in finding out more because I do think there's a, you know, there there was that one study that showed that there were, you know, moderate effects on blood sugar. But I wouldn't say I would, you know, it's not something I, I talk to my clients about. And then there's activated charcoal, which is yet another thing that's on the shelf. So I know about toothpaste, it can help with whitening to a certain degree because it's super abrasive, but it also can wear your enamel off. So, you know, I think like, you know, when you go to the dentist and they use that more abrasive toothpaste, it's got grit in it. Like you don't want to be using that every day. So it's the same thing with the charcoal. Like it can have a nasty effect on your tooth enamel. I do think when it's used by experts, it can be helpful in terms of toxins, but I don't think that it's something that we should be messing with because it can absorb other things like your medication and then you're reducing that efficacy and so on. So I don't know. I would definitely talk to my doctor if I were thinking of using this in any way, shape or form. Right. What thing I do do in the morning, not necessarily every day, but quite frequently is I scrape my tongue with a tongue mm. scraper. Well, good for you. Do you, is that okay to do? Or am yeah, I just that's like one of those crazy ass no. people? I actually, you know, it's so funny. My program that I did do 10 years ago, they, they would give us tongue scrapers. They gave us a few things, but the, like tongue scrapers was, was one of them. So that's where I first heard of it. But I do think, I mean, the bacteria in your mouth can have a huge impact on the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating. So I do think, you know, it's important to brush our teeth. I just don't think we need charcoal. And I think scraping your tongue, I think it can get rid of a lot of the bacteria that you want to get rid of. And a butter knife does the same job. So mm, good you don't know. want to spend the whatever, $10 on a tongue scraper. You can always just use your butter knife. So what are the advantages of detoxing colonics and enemas if there are any? Because right now I can't think of any advantages of going through any of those. Yeah. So I mean, it's a little bit of a landmine. So the, I mean, the body generally is really good at detoxing. You know, there are situations when when we do have to detox a little bit. I generally don't think like colorful flights of expensive juice are the answer though. I mean, I think under most conditions, the liver and lymphatic system and other systems just do a great, we don't abuse them. And, you know, for most people like eating clean will suffice. <laughs> just kidding. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so I think, you know, if you really want to help yourself in terms of reducing toxins, we can be a little bit more mindful about reducing the pesticides and herbicides that we come into contact with and things like food additives and like when our, pla when our foods come in plastic or we heat them in plastic and mm. so on. Those are things, you know, at, even cutting down on alcohol, adding in hydration and a broad array of like fruits and vegetables seems a little easier to me than just trying to engage in a detox and balancing blood sugar is actually super key. 
I think there are times like if you have a heavy metals burden for some reason, like you worked in a factory or, you know, you eat a ton of sushi and it's been determined that you need, you know, to get rid of some of the toxins, then I think you need to do some things, you know, medically supervised. Mm. And as it relates to colonics and enemas, I mean, same kind of thing. Like we're kind of self-cleaning by and large. These can be dangerous if we do them too often. You know, your your colon is full of a lot of bacteria and most of them are, you know, and if we're relatively healthy, many of them are good and some have been with us since we were born or even in utero. And like, so there might be reasons where people have to start over, kind of wipe everything out and start from scratch. But most of the times you don't really want to take out the good stuff and or affect the balance in that way. So it's again, it's a really good thing to talk to a doctor about. Well, I eat a lot of sushi. Well, I used to eat a lot of sushi, but it was the good, clean sushi. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not the dirty sushi. Just the fresh I, stuff. I think even then, like, it really depends on, you know, like, my family who eats a lot of sushi, they all love tuna. That one's tough. It's, yeah. you know, tuna can really be full of mercury. So I think, you know, there's in and of itself, it's not an issue. I think, you know, if you start to have health issues, that's something you might just want to check your toxic metal load. Um, but I don't think, you know, I wouldn't like assume I eat a lot of sushi, so therefore I should do a coffee enema, you know? Right. Mm. Well, I'm not going to go to that extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't had sushi since March, so in a mm. way I'm kind of detoxing myself. There you go. So the last crazy trend that I have is the crystal encrusted everything Mm. i'm just curious like crystal encrusted what so enthusiasts believe the stones the crystals emit Mm -hmm. certain energy and vibrations that have power to make you healthier and happier however there's zero scientific evidence there are some brands that have like amethyst crystals in water sounds sharp and unpleasant but um (laughs) i I know that there was And the water, actually, this will probably surprise you, was popularized by Goop. Hello, Gwyneth arrives again. Yeah, I think that was a water bottle, right? Yeah, it was like a $80 amethyst quartz crystal elixir water bottle. And you can just carry a crystal in your pocket. You don't have to, like, put it in water and drink it. Just keep it in your pocket touch it as needed put it on as a necklace <laughs> or a brooch or a ring it's the same any? thing i have a ton of crystals and rocks in my place i'm i've always been fascinated by crystals and rocks i had a rock tumbler when i was little whoa oh i did too god See? that just brought me back we're like kindred spirit and i think i remember like copper wire like then i would like wrap copper wire around it and try to make jewelry out of it i was not good at that yeah Whoa, that's so funny. So, yeah, I love crystals. I mean, I'm not like woo-woo, totally crazy into them. You're wooer than I am. Whatever. But I'm not going to shove one up my ass, basically. <laughs> or anywhere. Any other orifices. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to be smart keep, about it. Keep them out of the orifices. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I think if they suit your fancy, go for it. How's that sound? That sounds very professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But really, like, I 
do think that there is this, like the placebo thing's huge. If you feel better, you know, I'm all in favor. I mean, it's not, it's not harmful, right? So I think right. like, I, the, the mind is an amazing thing. Like they did this study where they had, where they told people that they had gotten knee surgery and their pain was, re- and they hadn't, and their pain was reduced and they even walked like a little bit better and stuff like, you know. Mm. I believe it. I believe it. Mind over matter, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what they say? And I think like that, like I read this thing where the, like in the Tour de France, Tour de France, I think that they would, they could sleep however much or however little they wanted in this particular race. And like they would wake up the, the riders and be like, oh my God, you just slept six hours. And they had slept like, you know, an hour and a half and they'd get on their bikes and like start pedaling oh like God. crazy. So I just want someone like that would be my ideal health situation. It's like for me to like get duped into thinking that I had done something like really amazing. <laughs> and then you're like, like wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Where's like, my scar from my surgery? <laughs> 10 miles down the road. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's still dark so anyway, I, but like I said, I think that there, I think that like the mind body connection is very, very important. So, well, and that's like visualization too, where athletes visualize them making a basket or winning the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. You know, it's kind of the same. That shit works. Yeah. No kidding. It really does. Like I've watched, you know, like those, well, Michael Phelps, we all saw him doing it, right? Like, but like I've seen, um, a neighbor of ours has been in the Olympics for um, snowboarding and like you see her and she's like, you know, she's like doing the whole course in her head. So it's very cool. Do you do that for your podcast? You like visualize you doing your podcast? <laughs> I should try that. I have all kinds of things I should try. That's, that's a good one. I'm going to visualize my enunciating, my enthusiasm and my walking. Yes. So there's just a couple of diets that I wanted to touch upon um, that I think are just, just the titles in themselves are just ridiculous sounding, like the werewolf diet. This is basically you fast according to the lunar calendar. So you only have water and juice during a full or new moon, and then extended version starts with that day-long fast, with specific eating plans for each phase of the moon. I don't know. Like, doesn't it, isn't it so counterintuitive? Like, wouldn't you want a full plate on the full moon and then like, (laughs) (laughs) and then like you're getting like an orange and it's like a sliver and then like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me just from that like very linear point of view. (laughs) I don't know. I think like fasting is all the rage, you know, and it can be an option that, you know, works for many people in terms of health, but you really need to check with your doctor. And I'm afraid if you actually asked your doctor about the werewolf diet, they would think you were a loony. They might pass you off to the psychiatrist in the next office. (laughs) (laughs) So comes with that risk of getting admitted. (laughs) Yeah. So what about the baby food diet? I remember... I don't know, in my 20s, maybe 30s, there were some friends of mine that would eat baby food. And I don't think they were on the actual diet, but they would eat it. And I think it was just out of laziness more than anything. But That that chewing gets rough. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's like, I don't want to chew anymore. I'm just going to eat baby food. I mean, I think that the sweet ones, like, you know, think of like peach puree. Mm. 
Or like the yams. Uh, you know, that's probably tasty. I don't, I don't, I, but anything that had like protein in it, like that's disgusting. Uh, like the Sorry. chicken and stars. It's more like dog yeah. food, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Don't ask me why. No name of baby food. But. I think that's just chicken and stars. Isn't that just Campbell's soup? I think so. But it's like mm-hmm. cold. Are you supposed to warm it up for your baby? I don't know. You can make it a little warm. I don't know. To me, it sounds really boring and plain and yeah. dumb. I mean, it um, sounds like my cooking anyway, so I may as well just cook well, it myself. Point, actually. I guess, you, you know, people make fancy like carrot soup purees and stuff, but I don't know. It sounds boring. It sounds like the number of little glass jars, like you would need to build a workshop just to like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> justify. Here are the quarter inch screws and here are the three eighth inch <laughs> screws. Might come in handy. Know. It could, it could. I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in chewing. In fact, I had an episode about it. So chewing, chewing is really important. That's another reason to keep your, your mouth healthy because you want your teeth to be healthy. <laughs> because if you stop chewing, your memory suffers, and it, it's been tied to like dementia. So like you know all the o- older people who are drinking like, what is that called? Like, oh, being drink. sure. Yeah, it's a bad idea. You need to chew. So interesting. So yeah, I'm not. A, Is I'm it not, because I, when you chew, you often think when you chew. Hmm. I'm making that up, but it sounded I good. Don't know. I I don't know what the I don't know what the cause and effect is, but I know that they're correlated. Um. So anyway, I I'm a fan of chewing. So the Sleeping Beauty diet, because if you're asleep, you're not eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently. There's a rumor that Elvis Presley did this diet. Worked well for him. Yeah. I mean, he's still on it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I guess it encouraged people to use sedatives to, to stay asleep for like days on end. And then, know. you know, you starve yourself. So what yeah. would be the problem with that exactly? Oh, you get gosh. muscle atrophy. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, you miss a few things, I think, you know, like (laughs) life life passes you by (laughs) and a lot of things actually don't really happen when you're sleeping, like work and relationships. I don't know. It seems like avoidance is not necessarily the best strategy to Mm -hmm. approaching life's problems. Well, I mean, especially if you take sedatives because, Mm -hmm. you know, one wrong move with those and you're never waking up. So you're on the forever diet. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather carry a few extra pounds and wake up every day. That's my point of view. I think sleep has finally gotten kind of the attention of people. I feel like they've found, you know, didn't you know a million people like, oh, I only need three and a half hours sleep every night. I don't know. There were these really super productive Mm -hmm. women that always used to say that and drove me crazy. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) it doesn't mean like we want endless amounts of sleep. (laughs) And I think to lose weight doesn't seem like a good trade off to me. So the last one I'm going to touch on is the one that mystifies both of us is the cotton ball diet. So listen to this. Okay, so consuming cotton balls soaked in orange juice. It's actually incredibly dangerous because, one, uh, cotton balls should not be eaten unless it's cotton candy. And it's going to eventually, I'm sure it's not going to dissolve Mm, not and eventually quickly. it's going to gather in your intestines and eventually 
you're not going to be hungry because you have a huge blockage in your intestines. <laughs> and that's a big problem. Yeah. I, I just don't even know what to say about this one. It's, um, it seems, it seems ill-advised. <laughs> I mean, like cotton balls are, you know, they're not regulated as food. They're sprayed to high heaven. So unless you do the organic, alone, yeah. organic, organic cotton, cotton balls. Okay. Well then maybe, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no. And I don't know what, what even why orange juice and it just seems awful and, like I said, there are a lot of other ways you could suppress your appetite that are less dangerous. So what's like the key advice that you give people as far as having a healthy, well life? I think it's about listening to yourself and knowing yourself. Because if someone's telling you that you should be making a change, but you're not ready, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen or it's not going to happen in a sustainable way. I just think it's really a lot of looking inward, thinking what, you know, you think is right, taken in concert with what your doctor has said and working on it one step at a time. And, you know, there, like many of us who have health conditions, they happened over decades, you know, and so being patient, but also the exciting thing there is that oftentimes we don't have to get to some you know mountaintop like even just starting to take the steps can have a huge effect so you know it's not like you have to lose all the body weight that you're you know that you you think you're needing to lose necessarily but even just starting off and losing a few pounds or a small percentage can make such a huge difference so I think it's just being like it's kind of ignoring all these kind of crazy things and sort of what makes sense for you and taking it one step at a time with patients, but also there's often a lot of surprise at how quickly things do change, how you feel better. And, you know, all those things just sort of build on each other and they become more effortless. So it can be fun and it just doesn't have to be awful and onerous and expensive. And, but it, it really does, it is worth considering because like one thing I love to do is listen to our elders, you know, people who have been down the road and they're further along than we are. And oftentimes they'll say things like, well, you might live longer because we have had a lot of, you know, medical breakthroughs, um, but you want to live well. And I think that in retrospect, a lot of seniors will say like, I wish I had taken a little better care of myself. And so like, I think it's a great, you know, that's just a great vantage point. And I'd like to listen to that. And it's not to be able to say clean, I was a clean eater on your tombstone. It, right. It's really to be able to say I had like, a, you know, a really great quality of life. And I was able to have the energy and the health to do all the things I wanted to do and be who I was. So and those same elders are like shooting scotch and smoking cigars. And <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Well, if you want to take that first step and need some motivation and encouragement, I encourage you to listen to Carolyn on Wellness While Walking. You can find uh, Carolyn at wellnesswhilewalking.com. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. I love learning about some of these things. Even I'm I'm grateful that my clients don't come in with them, but it's good to know now I'm prepared in case. That's going to say, you can use this in your business. It's definitely going on my website. Well, thank you so much for being on Women Who Sarcast, Carolyn. I greatly appreciate it. I had so much fun, and it was uh, great laughing with you.
Thank you, as did I. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhosarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www.patreon.com backslash women who sarcast show music provided by Mike Imbasiani.